Hazel, I'm tired. Hello, everyone. I am Bree. And this is a CSI dog. Welcome back, everyone. Another week, another season of CSI Vegas. We're back. We're back. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a premiere! What a premiere! Like it's just well, and we're here to break it down, break everything down for you. Well, this is a safe space for you, so whenever you want to come here, just to shut up the world, we know that a lot of things are happening right now, so, I mean, whenever you want to come here to listen to two girls talking about their favorite science crime funny show, we're here for you. I literally, I graduated today, so I had to wake up really early, so yay, yay me. My completion work was actually not based, but like inspired by CSI, so special Sierra and Grissom, but okay, you heard enough of me. Okay, let's let's go back to CSI. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Let's go back to CSI. The first episode of season two of CSI Vegas is She's Gone, and it was written by Jason Tracy. Not Anthony's Iker like others think. Yes, yeah. Anthony Zyker has an episode coming out this season, but this was not it. Yeah, he did. He did write a few episodes that we know of, but well. So I kind of looked for some Sherlock references in this episode and I couldn't find them. Any Sherlock Holmes reference, you know, any actual Conan Doyle playing, but I couldn't find any, but a lot happened in this episode, folks. A lot happened, so let's break it all down for you guys. Okay, so the episode begins with Mac's dialogue, which we've seen from previous trailers. She said, I love my job. What is worth dying for? You know, all of that, uh, all of that dialogue that I broke it down on Twitter. And can I just say, Max and Catherine together, can I just say something? They are icons, they are legends, and they well, are the moment. Well, the new cats has been, like, as we know from Twitter, calls more a good legend. Well, she is a legend, but Ma dude, Max, Max and Catherine together, that's, that's a power duo right there, okay? But granted, she is suspicious of Catherine's real reasoning to come to CSI. I mean, Catherine was indeed hiding something. I mean, we've met Catherine way back in season one of CSI crime scene investigations. So we know her for almost two decades at this point. And... No, we don't have her for two decades. It's been over next week. It's going to be 22 years. Well... 22 years. 22 years that we've known Catherine. 
to apply. So yeah, we did know that she was hiding something from the beginning. So the episode begins with Catherine and Max having like coffee, you know. I, I think they were having coffee. And Max is praising Catherine, is praising her job. And then even though that it has a lot of gore in it, I mean, it, it has a lot of gore. And while the top, while Catherine is, while Max is doing her first monologue, it's a montage. Chris and Penny at a scene. Josh about to have, this is going to be about to have sex with a long-haired woman that we later find out is Detective Serena Chavez. Yeah. Allie walking around the city. Catherine's selling something from her old office at the casino. Why would she need to sell something from a place she owns? We later find out that she was kicked from the board even though she owns the casino. I think that, I don't know how it works legally, but I think she's still going to get part of the profits from the casino because her father did leave it to her. But she's no longer in the board, so she can no longer make decisions about the casino, even though the even though it, it still belongs to her. And... Can I just say something? Why is Penny not a serious regular at this point? Who's a, who's a serious regular at this point? Penny's not a serious regular at this point because she is not, she's not in the opening credits. Means. Well, she is a still considered a recurring character, even if she's in every episode of the season until she gets put on to the title sequence, which yeah. at least title sequence changed. How the part changed. I was just want to highlight something. When Catherine is stealing something, like it, it looks like a case file from a vault behind this picture, this painting on their office. Is it at the same time that Max is saying something along the lines of they chase down their demons to answer the big questions? Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. I want to know too, but... I'm feeling like we got a hint of what Catherine's demon is at the end of the episode. Yeah. Max tells Catherine that she is one of the best CSIs out there. She was one of the best CSIs, indeed. And then we have a recent Sarah mentions. But Catherine says, Gil mentioned you were shorthanded, but... <laughs> One thing about CSIs is that they are always shorthanded, no matter what, no matter how. They're always shorthanded. Yeah. And Max was saying, he stole his wife from me, and my, one of my best is training with the FBI in LA. <laughs> Max is low-key mad that Grissom still there from her. Yes. And <laughs> I find that. out that my theory of it being Higo was wrong. I mean, she did say one of my best guys, so we all thought, yeah, it could be Hugo, but it would mean that he would be, he would have to come back at some point, and they didn't mention him, so, I mean, maybe they, 
in the next few episodes when we do meet the new medical examiners they are going to be played by his brother-sister duo. We might get some new infos. Maybe they'll say that he had a new job offer or something. But he went to Vegas for his wife. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen. So Catherine tells more next that she got kicked out, kicked out of the board. And Max can see that Catherine is holding something as we mentioned before. And then we go to the crime scene. So a dominatrix is found dead with a piece of mirror, a piece of uh, mirror glass on her neck. And the stone size queen is powder glass by blondies. Yeah. This seems like to be like a trend right now. This song is playing on a handful of crime shows, slasher movies, you know, true crime things. You know, that song is playing in all of those things. So I don't know what's up with that, but I did find a lyric of the song that matched the episode. I couldn't find if that part of the music if, if the part of the song really did play as whether they play in the sense that we heard it but a part of the song that says lost inside adorable illusion and I cannot hide I'm the one you're I'm the one you're using please don't push me aside I mean, this becomes relevant because when we find out what exactly happened to the killer, you know, it's going to make sense when we find out what happened to the killer. So in the opening credit scenes, Max and Josh, they're still the same. It's still the same from what we've seen in season one. But Ellie was changed to match her new look because she got a haircut. I think she broke up with her controlling boyfriend when she took this VI training in LA. Which is great for her, by the way. Yeah. And the Texas job is picture of a gun with shell casings behind her. And then we cut to Chris, who has bullet cases analysis with gunshot residues, which was what Bobby Dawson did back in crime scene investigation. Oh, seems to be the DNA expert, I think. No, he, he used to work for a Fortune 500 company with, that used to help make things stickier or less sticky. So I don't think he's a DNA expert. I think he just is like what you were talking about last night, a jack-of-all-trades. Well, maybe that. Maybe I, I thought about... DNA expert because they, because the transition from Chris to Bull is it's him looking through a microscope. So I, I thought it was. But remember, Max uh, is the remember Max is the DNA expert because she is the geneticist. Well, technically, geneticist it's a very broad area. It's not just it's not just about DNA or. You know, it's a lot of things. So remember last season, she was talking about how the DNA lab was her real office. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I just so yeah, me and Rio, we were watching the premiere last night, and I struggled a lot to get a good connection because it was pouring rain here, so it would this can the screen would freeze, and then I would I be on the phone with Bree, and then I would watch through my phone because she was screening for me some of her TV and tablet. I told her, yeah, <laughs> I told her that they're both seems like a jack of all trades because he is doing a lot of things. After Bro appears, we cut to Catherine, and Catherine has a blood spatter behind her with a blood cast explanation. And, and we also know blood spatter yeah. is specialist. Those two blood ladies do connect. And. Max Lawrence Penny is kind of embarrassed about BDSM. I can relate that way with Penny. <laughs> but Josh and Catherine are talking about a new thing called molecular map making. She gets a text from a Benny saying Alonzo is in Fremont. And the picture is of a lady that we that we eventually learn the name of. And Catherine goes to Fremont, and she shrinks. She sees a woman. Uh, <laughs> Let's go back to the lab for a second. Josh and Chris are analyzing several samples because Pope Francine was contaminated with a lot of DNA samples. And we find out that Sarah and Grissom are in a boat above the Arctic Circle, which is a region between Canada and Russia. Okay, and they, they couldn't be more far away from Las Vegas, and nobody is closing the door in this house. Well, the ex well, somebody shared a picture of it. They were, yes, they're far from Vegas, but they're kind of in between Alaska and Russia. Yeah. So one thing that I've realized is that whenever Josh is asked about Serena, whenever someone questions him about Serena, he is always silent about her. So yeah, we've already talked about this Penny and Maxine, but I just want to say something. Penny is the cinema role of CSI Vegas. I said what I said. This is my statement. Catherine tells, as we were saying, Catherine tells, Josh to consider molecular map making. So I did find what molecular map making is. I'm just quoting from an article right now. The technique worked by first taking a 3D scan or 2D photography of the area to be mapped. Object surface are then sampled with cotton swabs to collect the small molecules, metabolites, li lipids, lipids? Oh my God, if I'm totally you seen it correctly. And peptides, peptides, whatever, that can be peptides, identified using liquid chromat chromatography, mass as uh, the mass specs. I'm not, not I'm just about to say this. They, they're going to be analyzed in the mass specs. 
and then the team that developed this the software they developed a super friendly software that can produce interactive maps of chemicals by combining the mass the mass spec data with coordinates from the 3d or 2d models so yes that was what where Ali was doing the FBI, she was learning how to make a map of the crime scene, which is something that we have already seen in previous iteration of CSI. We've seen it. I'm not sure if you've seen in Miami, but I'm pretty sure we've seen it in the original CSI and we've seen in CSI New York, they would map the crime scene, but it, it takes, I mean, if it, the crime scene is, is small, it won't take a long time. But if the crime scene is really big, like in the shootout in the streets, it's going to take a, a bit of time to map everything out. They did use this technique here in the crime that happened in the streets. So it does take a lot of time to map a crime scene area. But the thing does, technique does, is that it, can trace back all, you know, DNA, bacterial, you know, anything that has DNA. Anything that has DNA can be traced by this map, but it's something really new and not a lot of people know about it, but Allie does. Then she came back to the lab because was going to make this map of this crime scene, but she decided to stay in Vegas and... And she's disappointed that it's Chris picking her up and not Josh. God, I just... I, I have some comments about Ransom that I'm going to leave it to the news, whatever. So... Catherine went to Fremont because she thinks Grace is there, but it's not her. No, she, no, it's not because she thinks Grace is there. She got a text from someone named Benny saying Alondo is in free, just is on Fremont. Okay, who is Alondo? Don't know. I th I'm thinking it's a PI. Yeah, me too. I, I think she hired a PI to look for Grace. I think she, she hired a PI to look for Grace. But I mean, she did work with these people in, you know, in Las Vegas. So she probably knows someone who would be a lot more experienced. I don't know how much experience this Alonzo guy has, but. Benny, Alonzo was the one that was on Fremont. Yeah. So. Catherine jinx she sees Grace, but turns out not, it's not Grace. Then she gets a call from Max, Max asking her. How long has been? She's worked a double. And while Max is on the phone with Catherine, a bunch of glass keeps mirrors keep falling. And at the cutscene, we see Max in the picture in the glass with the shadow glass. Yeah, it's what it appears. It appears that the victim was killed twice because there's a lot of blood. But one of the bloods, one of the blood stains. Is older, and they know that because the 
old blood, right? It's really thin. I mean, I don't know if you ever noticed, but when you when something happens and you have some sort of accident and your blood gets filled, most of the blood turns to be really not clear. I mean, not clearer, but like you get like a painted shade and you'll see a very red mark on the edges because that's actually your blood cells. That's your red blood cells. And the painted stain is actually the plasma, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a long time since I, I last took a bio class, but they realized yeah. that. I mean, yeah. she was this victim. She was so they've realized that this victim was attacked somewhere in the last somehow in the last five years. And that's when that's when Max and Catherine are very connecting. And Grism is mentioned for the third time. Cause yeah. that, yeah. Max says that when when the show when they showed this to a buddy Grissom, <laughs> he couldn't believe. And this is this thing is pretty recent. I think this was invented, and this was invented in like I don't know. I don't know when this was invented, but it was after five years ago. And also, Chris knows about everyone's about. Allie and Josh's feelings for the other. Yeah, so Allie comes back. She goes to the crime scene with Chris. And Chris obviously knows that Josh and Allie, they have some feelings. And that's when the detective comes and Serena and introduces herself and says that Josh told her a lot about Allie. And Allie seems to be a seems to be really upset that Josh didn't tell her anything about... And we'll find out more in a couple scenes from the now. But back to the... Yes. Yeah. Well, well... Oh, can I just say something? I can see some parallels between Ransom and GSR. I mean, of course, like Ransom, there's a lot. I mean, it's really different from what GSR was. I mean, as far as we know, they met on the job in Las Vegas. They didn't meet in, they didn't meet in any conference in San Francisco or whatever. They seem to be the, in the same age group. There's no age gap, even though there's nothing wrong with age gap as long as it's consensual and you're over 18. But... I, I and, just feel like a parallel because because Josh called Allie because he needed her help with this molecular math making and it reminded me how Grissom called Sarah and asked her to come to Vegas because he needed her to do some investigation on Warwick. Yeah. And well, the two most senior ladies in, in CSI speaking, because they've both been CSI full. So, and, and they find out one of the DNA is from 
from a psychiatrist, Dr. Diane Auerbach, a.k.a. Yapper. And that actress has been in so much. So much. Yeah, she's been in, I'm pretty sure I've watched some of the things that she... Yes, I've watched Criminal Minds. She was in an episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah, that's where I reminded her from. I, I, I looked at this lady and I was like, I know this lady from somewhere. <laughs> I've seen her somewhere. So yeah, I did see her in Criminal Minds somewhere. So yeah. I'm rewatching from the mines again. So yeah, second time, whatever. I've watched CSI. I don't know four, five times already. So and what are well, you telling me? Like why? Why am I watching it again? How many times have you seen CSI? Too many to count. Exactly. But also, I also don't. I also wait months in between each binge. But let's get back to CSI. Yeah. So, Dr. Serena, Detective Serena Chavez goes to talk to psychiatrist, and she knows that the killer, the psychiatrist, I'm just saying Dr. Diane because I don't want to butcher the last name, knows that the killer will kill again. Allie and Yeah. She's right. Yeah. And Allie and Josh talk about the surprise relationship between him and Serena. That's been going on for two months. She's been away for nine months, which means that, I mean, from what I understood, they were texting all the time while she was away in her way. So, I mean, how did he, I mean, we need answers. Josh, we need answers. Meloria, we're talking to you right now. We need answers. We need answers. Like, when did that start? I mean, okay, I get it. I mean, Ellie was probably broke up with a boyfriend and they went to LA. And then, like, Josh was, although he was relieved that she had broken up with that controlling guy, she went to LA and he understood why she needed to do this. But at the same time, he was alone. I just, I need to know how that happened. Like how? Because literally, as a ransom stand in the ransom fair, and then realized that the lady that he was hooking up with was not was not Allie. I was like, "Who's that? Who's that chick? Who is it?" And then I realized it is the Texas Serena, and I don't want to hate her because I don't. And I actually really like her, and yeah. she seems like a decent person. Yeah, but I. Unlike everybody else, the pharmacy size have dated except for Sarah and Grissom. Because, you know, Sarah and Grissom also haven't Grissom. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like, I really like Serena. I, re- I think she can, she's a great addition to the show. But I, I don't want to hate her. I really like her. So I, I really hope that they, that in the way they made this, write this story that there's no female rivalry. You know what I mean? Like that, even though it, like, it, is a, it adds a lot of drama to the show. I mean, we need the drama. It gives a sense of normalcy in uh, like this show that deals with so much gore. And it seems like they're going to up the ante in this season. But I don't know. I just, I don't want 
to be any female rivalry and I want Ellie and Josh to be together. I, maybe at some point, Josh and Serena are going to break up somehow. Because we did see in the end of the episode that Ellie asked Josh to talk. No, Josh was asking Ellie to talk. Yeah. And when it's Alice and well, while right after Ellie and Josh finish a short little conversation, Catherine comes in, Ellie and Catherine meet officially for the first time, and they both joke about a few women at the FBI who love Catherine, and Catherine says she they should. I'm the one that hired them. <laughs> and Catherine looks at the computer screen and finds indents on the carpet and knows those indents will lead to who did it. Yeah, so Catherine says that blood evidence always leaves a trail, and that's how they find out that the well, the furniture they had to try and reconstruct the crime scene, it was not the furniture that was there before. So, I mean, if you're not understanding, because I was a bit confused at first, because the killer redecorated the crime scene. So he took all the furniture off, and he put he put in a lot of mirrors there after he killed her. He put in a lot of mirrors to in the in the room, and then after he dragged her body and kind of puts in like a zigzag motion, he broke some furniture that was right in the middle of the room besides the table, and we find out later why he broke it. Yeah. And Kath so Catherine and Joyce find out what find what they needed in a fire pit. Penny and Chris come out. Penny points out to Chris that they found it. And then Catherine's one of we did nothing enough can't play figure what this was. Penny says, Bo can. Then they then Chris, what does he have a time machine? Yeah. Sort of. While Bo is figuring out what piece of wood was, Catherine again thinks she sees Grace. And this time, Max realizes... Something's wrong with Catherine. Yeah. And then... Matt, and then... And then while Max, Penny, Bo... Look at the perspective shots, Max notices Catherine takes a few out of something. Yeah, Catherine takes something out of the trash, and I, I think she wanted to run the DNA to match against some some sample that she already had from from Grace. And and Max remembers that the uh, mass spec results shows that there's something wrong with the person's arm. She remembers that somebody, when the suspect scratched themselves, and Penny asks to an empty room which, if that was enough to get a warrant. The very next scene, Max barges into the negation room to get the evidence as she wipes the evidence, evidence table. Yeah, and the, like this guy that's being, that is being questioned is painted in silver paints and his whole clothes, which, be, which appears to be also silver. So, well, could the could the the man that has body paint be allusion to the next episode? 
I thought about that too because the next episode is titled "The Painted Man." So, by the way, I was right. Well, I mean, when they when I said last week that I thought that the victim was covered in paint, but it, it the paint seems too thick to be paint, and I suggested that it was most likely something like cast, like the one that you use when you break a bone. I mean, when in the promo for next week's episode, we do, we do see uh, the victim and the killer did t- remove the flesh in the organs and only left the skeleton. Good. Love that. So after they get the DNA and of the suspect, then they match it because... By the way, there was like that sequence, and when they, when Catherine and Max, they are questioning four suspects. It reminded me of Immortality, <clears throat> when because Immortality was, although it was an episode to close the GSR storyline, it had to do about something happening to the Matrix, and then the CSIs had to question, had to question a lot of men. And women, and I mean, it reminded me of a no. They they only had to question men, and then somebody who was who did drag. Oh yeah, so they only question men and a woman doing and a man doing drag. It reminded me of immortality, and made me want to uh, rewatch it. I mean, we should totally we said this a couple of times, but we should totally break down immortality. Some well, we have that plan for a future episode during one of the breaks. Because yeah. we know this, this is 21 seasons, 20, we, 21 episodes. Yes. I hope 21 seasons, but yeah, 21 episodes. Yeah, so we're, after we're done with season, season two of season five, I guess we're going to be breaking down. No, uh, we, we're going to be doing some breakdowns that we already have planned. I wrote them down in my planner for during the, during the off weeks, because how American TV works, there's a lot of off weeks during holidays. Yeah, and also, we're going to be breaking down not a relationship per se. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. not give too much. So they yeah. ended up getting the warrant and the breakdown into the suspect's house. And the suspect had a lot of supply of stuff. I mean, okay. But then Josh picks up a card. That was sent from Las Vegas. And it had a message that said, look, I tried to, to write it down. Some some message, a part of the message. And I don't have the cipher yet. I don't know how to break this. So I'm going to try and break this through the week. Okay, so the message was 7218D. P one A two and then inverted B and then V two A D two one eight. What assume it? What I assume is the letter I P Z and then a dot D another dot D F F. So yeah, I think the serial killer that we know that is going to be send, sending messages and told is the one who sent it to, to this guy and under this message there is 
two groups of two bars and three groups of four bars. I don't know if that this has any meaning. I don't know if that was already in the cards. I mean, it could have been there or not. So the card says, the front of the card says, what happens here only, happen, only happens here. So I don't know if this is an actual card in Las Vegas or if the killer made it. I don't know. I mean, if you live in Las Vegas, I mean, it's maybe there is a card that says what happens here only happens here. And they find pictures. They find pictures of future victims. And okay. form of victim. Yeah. And, and Mr. Moore is an almost victim. Yeah. Because the perp, he tries to run away. And I did see Chavez did run. She did, yeah, because I mean, my connection was more last night because I thought she wasn't actually like running. She was more like strutting. <laughs> but she, she, I mean, she was, I did watch it today. So yeah, she was running. My internet, my connection was full. And I thought she wasn't running, but she did run. But the half of the would-be victim was also small, so I mean, there wasn't a lot of space for her to run, right? Yeah. And we also find, and when she loses the perp, the perp drops something. And when the scene where they find out what he dropped, they find out Max's aunt was a prostitute. Yeah, so what happened there? When the me where before Max goes to the lab to interrogate the suspects the to run the evidence, the almost second victim tells them tells Ellie, Josh, and Serena that a group of of kids they went through shock therapy because they all had we didn't mention that, but the first victim the suspects and this one of the victim they all had this as cards. <laughs> on their heads and it was from electroshock therapy from a doctor named dr sarcasia which is close from the greek world where the word sarcasm comes from and the meaning of that greek word is tearing of the flesh yep so the so this doctor will force them to look at the mirror and see the disease not be the disease which is the Horrible form of therapy, if I may add. So Mac, Mac, she's running the she's running the evidence, and she actually first told she realizes that that tissue smelled really bad. The blood was smelling bad, which meant that the killer had an infection, and he would need treatment for it. I mean, it should so and. Reason why she, he was hurt was because the dominatrix Lynn, she tried to fight off a mortal, ended up getting I think it was hepatitis or something, and he and we find out of course the only hospital, Vegas, for the show, is Desert. The only hospital that seems to exist in Vegas is Desert Falls. In fact, I think they should have a whole. Or the hospital dedicated to the CSIs and the Las Vegas Police Department because it seems like Desert Pump is the only hospital that exists in this show. 
Yes, and they find they see that the suspect, aka Perp, was not in his bed. They find that then they hear a, a girl scream. Towards Chavez and Max were holding the guns. Catherine pushed Chavez's hands down and was able to talk him down. As he's down, he says something the voice will never stop. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought he was in the middle of the great likes. He would say that because sometimes killers and, and criminals will say that a voice inside their head told them to commit those crimes. But he didn't say that it was a voice. He says that the voice will never stop. I think that's a reference. This is a direct reference to the next serial killer. And yes. The episode kind of in the same way it started with Max and Catherine in a room. Voiceover. Everybody's doing something different. Allie, Chris, and Bo on the lab. Josh and Serena on bed again. And that's when Catherine opens up about Grace Wan who she was, a student that Catherine was close to because Grace was a former dancer turned wannabe a CSI. Catherine got her job at the Eclipse and then she went missing for three weeks. Nobody cared about her. Then, the very last scene, you see a body buried with similar feature structure to Grace. I mean, it could be her. I don't know if it was her. It could be her. She could have been the victim of a serial killer. We do know that Unfortunately, sex workers and kids and the elderly, they're all in the, they're all the top three groups that were, that will get affected by criminals. And she was a dancer, but I mean, I think the underlying message was she was, Grace was an exotic dancer, like they said before, or a sex worker, and she went missing for three weeks. And that's why she was back in Vegas. And that's why Catherine was kicked off the board. I have a theory now. I have another theory now. I think the voice of the, 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 the criminal from this episode said, he was a serial killer, but he, manipul- him, he or she, he or she manipulated this killer to start killing. He was uh, the one that did the stalking. He was the one that had an evidence. He was so had an evidence to to this guy. Like before we saw the body, I was thinking that I had a way out there, way, way, way out there. Because I do think the body's Grace, but before we saw the body, I'm thinking that the killer was Grace. She just got really close to a former world renowned FBI CSI. Yeah. Yeah, but I think this is a serial killer that was probably referred as the voice. I but mean, now he but, tell, but he could, he or she could be the one pulling the strings in some killers. That would actually be a good, very good storyline. But I do really think that Grace is the one that's in the grave. Me too, but I hope it's not because I really don't want to see Catherine upset. I don't want to see Catherine, although it would, I mean, it would have felt feel, it would have 
not fulfilled, but like it would push her to solve this crime because I mean we did see the case file that she had on well, probably on this missing case while Max was saying they chased down their demons to answer the big question. The big question to Catherine is what happened to Grace? Where is she? Who possibly took her? No. And I think it's somebody who I think it's this Alonzo. Oh, it's a serial killer. Well, this Alonzo is the serial killer. I mean, I'm feeling very well be. I mean, I I mean, we don't know who Alonso is. I mean, he could be uh, the eye for all we know. I mean, but if he's a serial killer, if he's a killer, why would he text Catherine and tell her? Benny texted Catherine. It was Benny. Think of Rent. Benny. Yeah, I mean, but... Benny texted Catherine that Alonzo is in Fremont. I think it's too early to tell. I think it's too early to tell if whatever is happening. But if what we think is true, then Grace is dead. And Catherine is going to need the teen's help to solve this case. Maybe, maybe. Just top of my head right now, maybe Grace was killed by this serial killer. Maybe she was. I mean, Catherine is the main character, so who knows? So, yeah, so next week's episode is called The Painted Man. And it seems like this episode is going to be really boring. You know, because there is, uh, there is gonna be like this victim. What appears to be a victim, dressed dressed up as the devil, the literal devil. So who knows what we can expect from next week? So don't miss next week's episode of CSI Vegas, and don't forget to keep up with us because we're gonna be breaking down all of those episodes. Okay. And we're going to be trying to notice Easter eggs or little clues, you know. And I am going to try and decipher this code that we saw on this episode and try to see if it's from some cipher or not, whatever. So thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. See you next week. Stay safe. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Especially those in Florida. Yeah, those in Florida, please, please, please stay safe. Hurricane Ian, right? Hurricane Ian is totally... And actually, those are on the East Coast because it's moving up to Charleston, I think. Yeah, so please uh, be safe out there, you know. Is be safe, stay safe, make sure your friends and family are okay. And we love you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.